Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto is your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have, what are we going to have? A great show for you today. What are we covering today? Today, we are going to cover several subjects. Of course, I'm going to start with that, that depressing, yet again, BIPOC shot through a door. This time, the woman is murdered. Can't believe it. Also, we're going to talk about Sununu, who, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, what's her name? Come on, what's her name? Uh, her name is Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki went ahead and really let Sununu have it. I kind of liked how she did that. And lastly, but not least, leastly, it's amazing, folks. Merck had the nerve to sue the United States government for what? Because they want to negotiate, they want Medicare to negotiate prices for drugs. Amazing. I think this should be the impetus for us to nationalize the drug industry. It proves again, once again, these people have no, no soul. These people have no desire to really say, you know what, Amer we're, we're ripping Americans off. We're transferring all of their healthcare money to a few owners of the healthcare companies, of the pharmaceutical companies, etc. We don't care. You can't negotiate it. We want to stiff you. We are going to stiff you because we want market market values to take over, market forces to take over pricing, which of course isn't the case because. They are not market bases at all. We are the ones who develop the drugs. But hey, we'll talk about that when we talk about that. Welcome to Politics Done Right, our dear E2247. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Paul Fleming, de donde eres? Paul Fleming is in from Atlanta. How are you doing, Paul Fleming? Bridge MCP from uh, Nueva York, upstate New York. Yvette Avery Herod, la linda Yvette Avery Herod de. Atlanta, Georgia. Carl Cox is also in the house. And we know Carl Cox is from, I think, Florida. And then we have AVQ from uh, Nueva York. New York is a, let's see, a, I think that's AVQ from New York. Did I miss anybody? This Did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody yet? Well, you know, if I miss you, I'll catch you up later. May Wood is in the house. He said, good afternoon, everyone. How is everyone today? We're all doing fine. We're all Doing fine. Anyhow, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Michael, how is the air down there? We can't leave house. Schools closed. Just can't breathe. I guess, is that the fire from all the forest, the early forest burns that are starting to occur in Canada? Uh, is that the reason? Is that the air quality issues you're having? Bridge, I think. I know they were having it on the West Coast as well. E2247 says, 13.8 billion years we patiently waited for their visit here today. Egberto, thanks for your pulling us relatives together to move into greater complexity and consciousness. Right on. Together we move. Together we grow. S separately, individually, divided, we fall. And we have to remember that, folks. We have to remember that. It's not about individualism. It is about exceptionalism through collectivism. All right, let's continue here. We've got uh, Parved. 
Yvette Abraham says, afternoon, PDR Posse. Good afternoon, Yvette. And of course, uh, Paul Fleming has this one word sentence. Hey. Right? Okay, let's see what else we got here. Please address this problem. Chatbots influenced by artificial intelligence gains of the past five years projected out another five years complicates mental health disease risk to kids greatly. I tell you something. We can decide if we want AI to be good or bad. That's where we're going to need regulations. Here's what I want AI to do, right? Think about all the different, uh, the different technical support issues AI could solve, right? I mean, when I go into, when I have a, I do, by the way, I, I have a lot of computers here. I run Windows. I used to run Unix, Xenix, all these different operating systems. Now I only run Windows for the most part. But whenever I have a problem, I have to do searches and, and it gets very complicated. If we, could, and if we could find a way that AI does better for technical support, that would be great. What it means, though, is a lot of people that are at call centers, et cetera, who themselves are looking up answers for questions when you have problems, their jobs are in jeopardy. And I say, good, they no longer have a job. Don't wait, 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 I'm not done yet. AI and all these other technologies can be very disruptive and they can remove a lot of jobs out of existence to which I say, that's a good thing. It makes, it makes, uh, it makes things so much cheaper, right? It does. It means you don't have to have all these employees doing things. You don't have to have all these things going on. But what it also means is we need to have a paradigm shift in the way we think about employment. So hold on before I'm attacked. I want folks to understand this. AI can be used for good. AI could be used for bad. It is incumbent upon us, we the people, to decide what AI is going to mean. Just like we should have long ago decided what our increased productivity, robotics, and all these things were going to mean for the entire body politic, for the entire people. In a purely capitalist society, similar to what we are not, of course we have social security, but you know what I'm saying. In, in where capitalism plays the dominant role in our society, most of that, the fruits of that productivity, meaning a company who has to spend less on employees, can increase its profits. Most of those profits were delegated to whom? The shareholders, the executives, the owners of these companies. That is the capitalist paradigm. However, we are now at the time where we should be developing a new economic system, a new paradigm. And that paradigm says the following. We collectively created robots. We collectively created AI. And by the way, every single person that is listening to my voice right now, you are responsible for AI. You created it. Whether you went to college and understand programming, whether you went to college and understand logic, whether you, meaning the, the logic of interpretation, whether you went to college and understand microprocessors, semiconductors, etc., it doesn't matter. You participated in the creation of AI because we were all in some form or the other test beds for AI. We were all test beds for artificial intelligence. 
When you went to McDonald's the very first time they created that automatic register, you were used as a guinea pig to create how it should function. When you paid your taxes, every time you paid your taxes, you were a guinea pig to create AI. When you went ahead and you drove your car, the manner in which you drove your car, the mannerisms that you used, the paths that you took, you were responsible for creating AI. So we all shared collectively in the creation of these technologies, but only a few as we stand within a capitalist society, only a few take advantage of the spoils. It's a paradigm shift in how we should split the spoils of our new technologies, and it's a paradigm shift in how we think. It is time for us to think, given the worth that we have. So uh, I say, we don't fear AI. We fight the powers who are intent on controlling AI so that AI will be controlled collectively and not by the few. And why should it be controlled collectively? Because every single person that is listening to my voice right now, you were responsible. You were responsible for that technology that created AI. In some form, in some fashion, you were partly responsible. And let nobody let you feel like AI is just for those engineers those scientists who created it, we all played a part in its creation. And as such, we should all play a part in its spoils, which means reduction in the work week. No longer should we have to work 40 hours a week with all the technologies that we have working for us. All of us should be working for less hours for a higher marginal pay and more time with our families, making a better society created by our composite, our collective thought process that we did over the centuries that we've had technological advances. I want us to change the thinking paradigm, brothers and sisters. It is ultimate time that we do that. Okay, uh, Michael Rodden says, 80 degrees, F, Frank, good air quality. Good for you, Canada. Yes, Brief says, that bad air is in fact coming from Canada. Maywood says, Replying to Bridge MCP, something wrong with the air up there. Oh, there are major fires going on. Yes, in Canada. Tom C says, Ahoy, Captain Egberto, in early and sailing due to heavy winds. Uh, in early from sailing due to heavy winds. Heavy winds, you brought me Tom C. Heavy winds, you brought me Tom C. Michigan air is smoky and hazy due to wildfires up north. I've been reading about that. Michael DEC issued warning to stay indoors. CO2 is 50% higher. Wow. All right, let's see. Department of, what is Department of Environmental something? Okay, uh, let's see what else we got here. My biggest concern with artificial intelligence is that they're going to take away over half the jobs within the next decade or so. Whether the people thrive or starve will be determined by who owns the machines. We need a universal dividend program of for what profits AI will bring to mega corporations. We need to take a look. That it, like I mentioned before, we cannot cede AI to corporations. We cannot cede the spoils of AI to any of these guys because, like I mentioned before, all of us are responsible for AI. Okay, let's see. Yes, may Canada, uh, may Canada in fire all provinces, 27,000 evacuated since, wow, 
All right, let's see what else we got here. It's so dark here, have lights on, light off from all the smoke. Wow. I didn't realize it would have gotten that bad. I'm glad I'm not in I'm not in New York right now with all those fires that are burning. All right, let's see. Michael Rodman says AI is using social networking in their large language models, which are helping AI understand humanity. So yeah, Egberto, you're right that all of us help to create AI. And that's what you know, what we have to start learning to think is that we are responsible for all these good things that are occurring. Yes, we are. All right, always beware of what corporations will do with it. Absolutely so. Uh, Bruce Pollard is in the house. He says, good day. CO2 is rising. Michael Rudden, the Department of Environmental Conservation. Thank you for clarifying the DEC. Uh, Bruce Pollard said, I expect AI will replace half the people at the doctor's office where I was today. It probably will. Uh, we need to get rid of insurance so that we don't have we don't waste AI's time on trying to figure out which insurance to use as well. Uh, Michael Rowan says global carbon dioxide is currently 421 parts per million. We're already over 400 parts per million. Red line, which means climate meltdown. Lee Grant is in the house. He says, "Hey y'all." Okay, the first piece I want to play. This uh, woman, her son, her kids were playing on an empty field. And maybe that empty field belonged to the neighbor. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. But the neighbor, after calling them a whole lot of racial epithets, uh, told them to leave. The guys picked up. They ran off her land and they took off. But somebody there forgot their iPad or, or a pad or something. They went to the woman's house to get it. She threw a skate at them and threw something else at them. The boys go back home to mommy and says, hey, mom. Uh, our neighbor started calling us by all those dirty racial names and she threw something, broke my iPad or something of that nature. And then the mother goes knock on the woman's door. I guess she was shouting or whatever. The, woman's har the, woman, the, the woman harmed her kid. This was a black woman whose kids were, uh, were in distress from what this white woman did to them. And what do you think happened? I want you to listen to the piece from MSNBC. Who covered it? I'm glad the way they covered it responsibly. Let's listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. There are growing calls for the arrest of a woman accused of shooting and killing her neighbor in front of the victim's children. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who's representing the family of Ajika A.J. Owens, says Owens' children were playing near their home in Ocala when an unidentified white woman began yelling at them to get them off of her property, reportedly calling them racial slurs. When their mom, Owens, later went to speak to that woman, their neighbor, that woman, allegedly shot her through the door and she later died from her injuries. The neighbor has not been arrested. Our Lindsay Riser is following this for us. This is so sad. The, the woman's children were watching when their mom was shot. The, the lawyer representing the family, Benjamin Crump, has called this an unjustified killing. What are you learning? Yeah, it is so tragic. And the actual shooting happened Friday night at nine. So we know what Ben Crump says led up to this. Kids were playing that field near an apartment or duplex complex when he says the neighbor, who he describes as a 58-year-old white woman, yelled at them, called them racial slurs, told them to get off of the property. The kids leave, leaving behind a tablet. She grabs it. And one of the kids later goes to her house to try and retrieve it. And that is when, uh, according to Ben Crump, um, she throws something at 
or toward them, hits one of the kids. Um, grandmother and police are saying that that's a pair of skates. He goes home to tell his mother, AJ Owens. She goes to talk to the neighbor. Um, and, and that is when the, the shooter, now we know is the shooter, is telling police her version of events, saying it was a heated exchange, yelling and aggression on both sides, banging on doors, threats being made. Um, and, and AJ Owens' mother says that door never opened and the shooter shot through the door, hitting AJ and ultimately killing her. The woman responsible hasn't been publicly identified, hasn't been arrested, hasn't been charged by anything with law enforcement. As you mentioned, the nine-year-old son right next to her, two of the four kids may have witnessed this. And AJ Owens' family and friends, they say she was a cheer mom, a football mom, so involved in the kids' lives, so loving. And they say this was unjustified. Listen. She wanted to know why this happened. She knocked on Susan's door. A closed locked door. Door never opened. My daughter, my grandchildren's mother was shot and killed with her nine-year-old son standing next to her. She had no weapon. She posed no imminent threat to anyone. So police say there was an ongoing threat between Owens and the neighbor, at least six to eight prior incidents. And police are saying if there is any potential element of the stand your ground law in Florida, they cannot immediately make an arrest. They have to investigate. They have to see um, they have to determine whether use of deadly force was justified. And I know that they're urging the community to have patience as they continue this investigation. Right, they still need to interview the kids. I mean, the kids. So that's another element. Trapped. Absolutely. Now, I can't fathom that. That this woman killed a person, she shot through a door, murdered a person, and no arrest. We just spoke to hear to her to hear her side of the story. Black woman dead, right? The white woman who demonstrably threw something at these kids, showing that she has uh, the capacity of violence. She also shouted racial epithets at these kids, showing that she's also a racist, which uh, would make one believe that this is tantamount to a, a hate crime. And then she not only shoots and kills this woman, she does it through a door. Just blow this woman's head off or blow this woman's body with a bullet through a door. Now, when we talk about having the presence of guns all of the times means that, e that, that people who are predisposed to be evil, predisposed to be reactive, predisposed to be violent, a gun is there, they use it. Then you have these crazy laws like stand your ground laws. We, uh, you, you have the right to just blow somebody's head off. All these things. All these things point to bad policy, evil policies promulgated by whom? The Republican Party, the governments in red states. These, these are things that put the lives of especially BIPOCs at risk. Because, you know, there, there is something intrinsic within the mindset of many. 
they wouldn't think about shooting folks that aren't BIPOCs on a whim. But otherwise, they would. Think about that. Think about our governments that are making lives, my lives, my life, the life of my daughter, the life of my wife, the life of my relatives of BIPOC persuasion. You know, we don't want, you know, I, I'm a political activist. We normally go and knock on doors to get people to sign petitions and that sort of thing. I, I can't do that anymore. I have a precinct captain here, you know, beautiful white woman. She does all the door knockings now. I can't go door knocking. I can't go out there and, and walk in front of somebody's door and feel safe. Because this doesn't only happen in Florida. The last one, I believe, happened in North Carolina. And don't you think it would happen here in Kingwood? I want a lot of my brothers and sisters to think this. See through my eyes now. You're, you're, listening, to a, you're listening to a BIPOC, a Afro-Latino-Caribbean man. See things through my eyes. How do I feel safe as a political activist? As a political activist, how do I feel safe just going up to a neighbor's home? This neighbor may not be a progressive, but I don't know. And I knock on the door, hi, John. The first thing they see is a bald-headed 205-pound dude at the house. They blow a cap on me and say, oh, we thought he was coming. We were standing our ground. I was on their property. This is real. When, when you have DeSantis and Abbott and Patrick and all these red state criminal governors talking, they can talk in platitudes. They can talk about creating pla uh, pleasant societies or polite societies. If everybody had a gun, we would have a polite society. Really? That's not what I see. I see a kid who knocked at the wrong door and a bullet went through the door and shot him, almost killed him a few centimeters from, a few millimeters from his heart. I see a black woman going to the home of a violent white woman who threw a skate at her kid, who threw her kids off, off an empty lot with racial slurs, who also broke their iPad and killed the mother and not even an arrest warrant or an arrest was issued, the cop summarily speaks to them and speaks to her and takes her point of view. And after several days, she's still home, no arrest, but there's a dead woman, mother of four kids, distinguished woman in the community who nurtures her kids, goes to the football games, make sure they're taken care of. And now their grandmother is down, moving, making a move from the north down to Florida to make sure that those four kids are cared for. And then we want to talk about the sanctity of life. We want to talk about the sanctity of life. Again, uh, how am I to feel safe? I want somebody to tell me that. I want somebody to call me. 281-823-7747. 281 
823-7747. It's not only Florida, my dear Bridge MCP. It's every single red state where they know they can get away with it. You know, whether it be Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota. There's big swaths of this country that just ain't safe. And you know how we know it as well? The FBI statistics tells us these are the most dangerous states in this union. Florida is where the worst of the stand your ground and castle doctrine incidents occurred. Yes. Ah, I just check it's Florida. Yes, it's Florida. Uh, Bruce says, I have been to Cola, o Ocala, Ocala, Florida. It's not a good place. And Fleming says, she threw the child's cell phone back at the kid who recorded in breaking the phone. That's why the mother came back to knock on the door to find out why she did that to her child. Yeah. I read that. You know, it, it is amazing. So uh, Troy Astro, welcome aboard. He says about guns. There's more guns produced in the last 40 years than people. Not hard to believe. Not hard to believe. Yeah. So I, I, I hope you listen to the story, that story. And I hope as we go to vote in the next elections that we are sure to vote appropriately. That we are sure to get these, con these people that, are, that should be convicts out of office. Okay. Jen Psaki did a, a wonderful thing last night. So much so that I had to blog it, which I did. But I want you guys to listen to this. And then we will take it on the other. Where are we going to take it again? We're going to take it on the other side. Good journalism is hard to find. But you know, lately we've been finding some good journalism. Yesterday I did a piece with Ayman Mohir Yaldin. We had uh, uh, Hassan that's doing some, Mehdi Hassan that's doing some good work in the way he's interrogating people, questioning people, not letting them bloviate. And today we had Jen Psaki. Uh, Sununu came on. You know, he decided not to run after all for the presidency uh, as a Republican. And she came on and did a great thing when he decided to snowball, to snow the reality of Trump being helped by the Russians. You know, he wanted to call it, oh, it's a, it's a false story while he's given the narrative of what Republicans needed to do to have, an, have a chance of winning. But you know what? Jen Psaki didn't allow him to get away with it. The Republican primary field for 2024 is getting more crowded by the day. You may have noticed that with Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum all expected to enter the race this week. But today, one other Republican who was considered a possible candidate announced that he's not running. New Hampshire Governor Kristen Nunu, a moderate, self-described pro-choice Republican who handily won re-election to a fourth term last year, writes in a Washington Post op-ed that, quote, our party is on a collision course. 
discourse toward electoral irrelevance without significant, cor significant corrective action. And that, quote, the stakes are too high for a crowded field to hand the nomination to a candidate who earns just 35% of the vote. And I will help ensure this does not happen. Strong words there. We all know which Republican primary candidate he means. I think we know. And Governor Sununu joins me now. So let's let's start with an announcement that we're going. You had a big news day today, but let's start with an announcement that we're going to see in New Hampshire tomorrow. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is going to make his run official in your home state. You neither of you hold back in criticizing Donald Trump. You have that in common. Do you think he has a path to beat Donald Trump in the primary? Oh, sure. Look, I, I think. Almost all the candidates have a very viable path to beating Donald Trump. And, you know, you just said it right there. Chris isn't shy about about, uh, you know, casting criticism where it is well deserved with the former president. But this is the problem. All 12 of the other candidates need to cast the same type of criticism uh, it, because it's it it's not that we're, we're there out there to beat Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't represent the Republican Party. Right. He's the outsider. And we've kind of let him get away with kind of co-opting, I think, what what are tra better traditional ideals of the Republican Party of limited government and local control. He wants to relitigate the past. And if we're going to be successful in the Republican Party, we've got to move forward in the future. So Pete of 16. It looks like, uh, according to a lot of legal eagles, we could see another indictment for Donald Trump soon. Now, we know the hush money indictment didn't seem to change the dynamic. If anything, it seemed to help him in the polls. Do you think any indictment, yeah. an indictment on issues no. around no. other indictments could help other candidates or would hurt Trump? No, you don't no. think the indictments matter? No, no. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Obviously Tell me what you think. No, they, don't. they absolutely don't matter. No, these indictments, uh, and if I make a combination of the media, um, you're, you're, you're creating a, the, the boy who cried wolf syndrome, right? What happened in, in New York was wrong. I mean, it really was. They are beating up on, on Trump for political reasons. Everybody sees that. What happened with the Russian collusion that never existed effectively exonerated the guy so he can play a victim card. You've all created a situation where God, what, what kind of planet are we on where Donald Trump's become the victim? Well, but that's first really of all, I what think, it is. I think we very, and so now we nobody know, believes it. Well, nobody believes it. We know, I have to stop you on there because we know very clearly that Putin and the Kremlin did intervene in our election in order to try to help Donald Trump back in 2016. So we know that is true. But you may think that they shouldn't engage in this as a messaging tool because it's not helpful to them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to re relitigate, you know, the, the Russian collusion nonsense that went on for two years. You don't need to relitigate. It's been litigated it by, right. by lawyers yeah, yeah, and it's, investigations. It's, it's nonsense. But you, That's but now nobody buys, nobody buys. Yeah, but, but nobody buys that any attack on Trump isn't anything but political. You've created, everyone has kind of created this scenario and he is playing it to the fullest. He's playing the violin strings better than anyone imagined, which is why his poll numbers miraculously are actually going up. So these candidates are going to have to get on the stage, talk about what they're going to do going forward. Every one of them has to call him out. If you're not calling out Donald Trump for the non-Republican that he really is, for the mistakes he made in the past, then you don't deserve to be on the stage. The word is arguably. It's arguably right that collusion was a part of Trump winning. And while it is true that Sununu would constantly try to keep the Republican narrative that says it wasn't, making sure that that does not go unanswered, making sure that whenever these charlatanes lie, misinform, mislead, ill-informed, 
making sure that it's answered so that within the ethos, the last word isn't that of the liar. Great job, Jen Saki. You know, I, I posted this at Daily Coast and a lot of folks gave Jen Saki a, a, a bit of a bad time for uh, not pointing out one thing that I, I, I didn't point out either that I should. And that is when he talked about Republicans want local control, it's a lie. They want local control when they control, when it's not going to go against corporations or when that locality is run by Republicans. In the case of Texas, they don't want local control. They want to control our Harris County. They want to control, and it's not only Harris County, which is Democratic. In, up, in, up in the Dallas area, there is a Republican district that they also attempt to control because these people didn't like that the drilling that was occurring close by was releasing methane. So what did Governor Abbott do? He got a law passed that prevented municipalities from being able to do any kind of regulation on, on gas drilling, etc., etc., etc. It's amazing, the hypocrisy on the right. Completamente amazing. All right. What is amazing in Spanish? Huh, forgot. All right, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Going in, continuing. Michael, let's see. Uh, Lee Grant says the most dangerous place in the U.S. are Democrat-run cities like Portland who are too woke to fight crime. Actually, Portland is a pretty darn safe city. Don't buy watch, Don't buy the superficial. Don't buy that four-square-block area next to the courthouse where a lot of camps were set up for a purpose, to protest. And protest isn't violence at all. Protest isn't violence. All right. Bridge MCP asked me to put the following on the screen. Ten symptoms of the woke mind. You read books and don't burn them. Number one. Number two. You embrace science. I tell you what, Bridge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this with more style because I think it is better done that way. And it goes like this. Ten symptoms of the work. Oh, let's back up. Ten symptoms of the woke mind. You read books and don't burn them, you're woke. You embrace science, you're woke. You're willing to change your mind when new information becomes available, you're woke. You understand that most issues are not black and white, you're woke. You believe in true equality for all people, you're woke. You like to share, you're woke. You embrace cooperation, you're woke. You respect others' rights, you're woke. You believe culture and the arts have value, you're woke. You care for the planet and all of its life, you're woke. I am woke. Will you be woke with me? I love that. I love that. Me gusta eso perfectamente, Bridge MCP. And that is what woke is. And that's why I am so proud to be woke. And everybody who wants to learn, everybody who wants to keep informed should embrace, should embrace being what? Woke. All right. I love that, Bridge. That was a good one. That was a good one. Egberto, your Lina is a disaster for Harris County and hypocrites too, as you point out too. No, I think, um, you know, you, you, uh, you know, there are some people who they get attached to a thing and it doesn't matter what you say, you remain attached to it. That's you, brother Hayes. You're like that dog that drags on to that piece of clothes and you won't let it go. You won't let it go. You won't let it go. Lena is a very smart woman. 
Very smart. And that's why somebody so young, once so early, of course, she had all her help in the progressive movement, but still, she had to carry the baton. And she's done a great job, a lot of programs that really help people. But most Christians, most evangelical Christians who claim to love God, who claim to love giving, who claim to young humanity, they don't see it that way. But then again, these are the same people who believe in life and do everything to avoid maintaining life. So it's okay. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Portland, conservatives see a trash fire next to a political protest and lose their minds. Yeah, 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 it's okay. Lee Grant says, I'm not woke. I don't care for all the planet's life because I've killed bacteria. Okay. <laughs> how do I respond to that, Lee Grant? I don't know how to answer that, Lee. <laughs> I want to repeat what Lee said because it's funny. I love Lee. Lee comes to our Ask Egberto Anything. And Lee is a, a Lee thinks, but sometimes I wonder when Lee writes. I think he's trying to get a, the, the, the ache factors like, let me get under Egberto's skin today. <laughs> he says, I'm not woke. I don't care for all the planet's life because I've killed bacteria. That is so funny. Lee, did did you feel that smack on your head? LOL. You know, Lee, Lee, Lee is one of us. That's why uh, Lee is messing with us, folks. Lee's a good guy. Lee's a good guy. Carl Cox, GOP likes lies like the Germans did during the Hitler's reign. That is true. Okay, uh, what time is it? 3.41. Anybody going to call? I want to start using the phones a bit. You know, um, I am paying for this stuff monthly. And I have a, 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 a I, 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 I want to use this stuff for people who are willing to call in and say a few words. Why don't somebody call 281-823-7747 and say, Egberto, I just want to hear my voice online. 281-823-7747. Is anybody going to call it? You know, we're, we're, we're nice here and we want to hear your voice. And the rest of America wants to hear your voice. They don't just want to hear the monotony of Egberto's voice. Just like we get all those calls in the mornings, why don't somebody call me here at 281-823-7747. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Let's see. We have several folks on YouTube and in the chat. Actually, the chat shows I have a count of 21. So... Who's going to call? Who's going to be the brave one to say, I am going to call 281-823-7747. Ah, uh, well, well, Mr. Pollard, how are you doing this afternoon? That would be me. You know, Mr. Pollard, pretty, you, pretty were, you are highly responsible for me doing all this circuitry to get the phone system working. And believe it or not, oh, echo, I need to get rid of the echo. I need to get rid of the echo. I haven't fixed that problem yet. I hope the echo is gone now. AVQ, can you please tell me if the echo is now gone? But Bruce, you are responsible for this phone system. I hope that you know that. And this is the first time you're calling. I do. And in fact, today, I think, and you saw a little bit on our chat that the CO2 numbers are higher than what we were hoping for. And it's not clear to me what that means. We're going to have to sort it out. 
Yeah, well, um, what what do you think? Uh, you know, what? here's what I'm thinking, Bruce. I am thinking that um, in the long run, we are going to have to use some of our renewable energy to actually extract the carbon out of the air. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's going to be hard to do. Okay, explain. It's in equilibrium with the ocean. Okay, meaning? Meaning the more carbon dioxide we pull out of the sky, the more the oceans can deliver it back. Right now, we put we put carbon dioxide up and we're putting some into the ocean and screwing up the ocean too. But there Right, so making much. it acidic. I'll dig out the numbers, but the numbers are just huge. Um, we're going to have to find ways to... Um, to to live and to put up with it. Plus, we can maybe take advantage of some of the CO2 that might help us help some things live better um, and generate more food and that sort of things for us. So we'll see. Yeah, also planting more. I mean, we, we have, that's a hell of a lot of forests though because uh, we, we've burned a lot of the forest that's been around for millions of years, right? That's carbon and that's oil, the forest and animals. That's, I guess that... Uh, what we what we are doing is throwing the amount of the carbon in the air that took millions of years to create through the decomposition of forests and 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 other organic matter. Correct. Um, yeah. Well, and the sun, um, the sun absorbing uh, the light to the little diatoms that made it into oil instead of um, in, instead of making it into CO two. So, oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We, we, we'll see where we go from here. We'll see where we go from here. But, you know, I appreciate you calling in, Bruce, because I was getting a bit lonely not getting this phone system that you requested. Getting, getting, getting some calls. Yep. You know, I think a lot of folks are happy to do the chat and have me read the chat. But I just want sometimes some folks to call and say what they normally put on the chat and make it a bit more vibrant. Yeah, well, the... The beauty of your dialogue is when your dialogue. Now that you're you're talking with people and you're bringing you're bringing people from one side to the middle at least, and I think the middle is the sweet spot. You know, so we got to keep yeah. doing that. Well, you know, I you say that I'm bringing them to the middle, right? You know, I look at it a bit differently than bringing to the middle. I I, I look at it as I want to stop talking about middle, Bruce, and I want to start talking about uh, bringing people to um to particular policies that support us all in other words uh there are some policies i think would seem to be uh leftist some policies may seem to be rightist some policies would seem many different things and what i hope to do is just start in the long run i'd love to be able to just talk policies that that we support uh that is beneficial to all and you can put that wherever you want to put it on a label. I want to be able to get there. Your thoughts? No, I think I think I think you're right. So for me, the middle is where people are living happily and doing long. For example, the middle is not where somebody has the right to shoot somebody else through the door. Okay. That's wrong. That's not the middle. The middle is where if somebody feels as though they really have to have a gun, they know how to very safely take care of it. And they have control over things and they know that they have that weapon. And if they, you know, are being 
broke it into or something, maybe they could use it, maybe not. But um, but it wouldn't be a situation where they can um, pull it out and shoot somebody and know that the law is going to protect them. Because that's wrong. Well, I accept that definition of middle. I really do. Actually, I, I don't like the middle because to me, the middle always sounds like a bad compromise. I mean, I believe in compromise, but it always sounds like a bad compromise. But given the definition that you're given the middle, I can live with that because that's what we really, really want, right? Well, President President Biden ended up, we ended up in the middle with, with this, this, you know, latest uh, money fiasco. And it might be okay I mean, in the end, we have to spend money on what we have to spend it on. The thing is, we're going to have to find a way to get that money. And it's too bad that we're going to suck it off of the middle class and destroy the yeah. middle class instead of just yeah. take it off the top. Exactly. Well, look, Bruce, thank you for calling. By the way, how's, how's grandbaby doing? Grandbaby's doing good. We're going up to, we're going up to see him on, um, on Friday. All right. Well, look, you and en you enjoy your trip on Friday and don't forget pictures, brother pictures. All right. Oh yeah, we can do that. All right. Uh, Very good. We'll and other people, you, you need to call in and we need to start the dialogue. Um, and, um, your morning show is, is, is really super. I mean, you've got a lot of, of active people talking on that show and, and attacking the work that needs to be done in the local area. So Look, I'm, thank you very much for listening, Bruce. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, uh, before you go, something interesting happened. I went uh, yesterday, Ash, uh, Lou took Ashley to uh, my, my, you know, you know, Roberto Luis, uh, my good friend from Panama. He took Ashley to, he took Ashley to Mexico to Cancun. He said he needed to get her away from me and Linda. So he took her to Cancun and they had a great time. So on the way back, yeah, for four days they were in Cancun and she had a blast with two other, with his grandkids and his son, my godson, his son, my godson, you know, and they had a great time in Cancun. And I, you know, Ashley, as we got, I picked her up at the airport and she said she wanted some tacos. So we went to the taco shop here in Kingwood. Folks, the best tacos in Kingwood is right here on, uh, I'll, I'll put the address in the link. But anyway, we went to the tacos shop and I'm, I'm wearing my politics done right shirt. And this guy in front turns around and he says, you're Egberto from politics done right. I'm like, yeah. He said, I listen to you. But by the way, they change your time. I haven't heard you. Then I'm like, yeah, they change it to six o'clock. He said, that's Tom Hartman's time. I said, I know, but don't worry. Tom Hartman is my good friend. <laughs> but it was, it, you know, it felt Tom good. Hartman, um, Tom Hartman, you can hear him live from 10, from 11, what, 11 to, yeah. to two. So yes, you can. out of Tom Hartman's way. You've got right. Alberto's time now. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it felt good. But anyhow, thank you very much for calling in and using this phone system that Bruce suggested, and uh, so you have a wonderful day and enjoy enjoy your Friday with with Meredita now. Yep. Take care, buddy. Sí. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista, baby. Anyway, folks, uh, give us a call two eight one eight two three seven seven four seven. Let's see. Michael Rudnan says you want to see something worrisome. 
We are here not far away from when the atmospheric concentration will affect cognitive abilities. Association of human cognitive abilities and elevated carbon dioxide concentrations is an enclosed, uh, in an enclosed chamber as assessed by the strategic management stimulation test, simulation test. The increased CO2 exposure from 550 to 1400 ppm could result in a 50% reduction in cognitive function scores. I believe that because there's less oxygen if you're breathing in more CO2, right? Uh, and I imagine also you get weaker. You don't have as much energy, etc. Likewise, Carcox says, unless mankind stops placing so much carbon in the atmosphere and cutting down so many trees, it will be impossible to remove carbon from the atmosphere. Now, Bruce made an important point in that the ocean is a big sink for oxygen, I mean, for, uh, for uh, carbon. And as we take out carbon dioxide out of the ocean, there's going to be a balancing effort that occurs. The ocean is a huge space. So we have to take out a, a, a whole bunch of, of uh, carbon out of the atmosphere before it even drops because of the sink that we have in the ocean. Very important point that, uh, that Bruce just made right there. It's going to be a while in, in, in bringing down those numbers. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We've got... Uh, Michael Ranis, Egberto, carbon dioxide has no impact on atmospheric oxygen levels, but I think it does impact blood oxygenation. Yeah, um, well, if there is a higher concentration of carbon dioxide, what gets displaced, Michael? I don't know the answer. I'm just asking. If there's a higher concentration of, uh, of uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, what gases are displaced? Because again, it's 100%, right? So if, if, if the amount of, uh, of the level of CO2 is higher, what particular molecules are the ones that get moved out? Carbon concentration in the atmosphere is 0.04%. Oh, what you're saying is very minute. Very, very minute. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Michael C. Sachs' bridge MCP fault is always the people shall have the right. I'm not sure that conversation between CSAC, but I imagine something is there. Uh, let's see, catch less fish, need more veggies. Uh, what else have we got? All right, anything else? You put it at the end of the chat if there's something you want me to say. I'm going to put Bridges' stuff back onto the screen because I really love that uh, 10 Symptoms of the Woke Mind. I think that was one of the best catches, and I think I did a little oration on that that I'm going to post as a TikTok. I really like that. I really like that. Uh, so I think I'm going to fix that one up. Anyhow, let's see what else we have here. It's <laughs> go broke. All right. Okay, folks, anything else you want me to say, put it at the end of the chat because the chat has become unwieldy for me to go off and search. So please, if there's something you want me to say, put it at the end of the chat or call in at 281-823-7747. Uh, AVQ is leaving us four minutes early, but we still love him. Give us a call, 281-823-7747. I will talk about that story that I wanted to talk about for two minutes. Big Pharma decided to sue the government, and I'm going to read the first few paragraphs of it because I think it's important. Shameless greed. Pharma giant Merck sues to kill Medicare drug price negotiations. Uh, let's see. Egberto Krakak is from Riverdale, Metro Atlanta, not Florida. Uh, thank you for correcting me. I, I, I'm corrected now that that uh, Carl Cox is from Atlanta. We got a lot of folks from Atlanta. Love my Atlanta folk. All right, here we go. 
This lawsuit is a desperate attempt by the industry to beat back popular legislation that would curtail Big Pharma's ability to price gouge Medicare, said one consumer advocate. Merck on Tuesday became the first pharmaceutical company to sue the Biden administration over a recent enacted law that empowers Medicare to directly negotiate the prices of a small number of high-cost prescription medicines with drug makers, a challenge that could threaten Merck's bottom line. Filed in federal court in Washington, D.C., Merck's lawsuit characterizes the drug negotiation policy established by uh, Inflation Reduction Act as tantamount to extortion. I want to stop there. They are telling the government that negotiating for to lower drug prices are tantamount, is tantamount to extortion. But they don't call that they force us to pay whatever the market will bear for their drugs, which is way above the cost of production development since we, in general, pay for the initial development of drugs. The balls that these people have, the lack of insight that these people have, and claims a singular purpose of this scheme is for Medicare to obtain prescription drugs without paying fair market value. Is fair market value for a drug a thousand times what it cost? My God. These people believe the crap they say. The lawsuit against the Health and Human Services Department and the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services also alleges that the drug price negotiation make a mockery of the First Amendment by conscripting companies to legitimize government extortion. What? And I want to see how far this suit goes. The suit asked the court to declare the program effective effects compensable taken under the Fifth Amendment to enjoin its compelled agreement under the First Amendment. Patient advocates and lawmakers responded with disdain to Merck's lawsuit, with like, which likely won't be the last from an industry that fights aggressively to maintain its power to drive up prices at will. The center's for disease control and prevention released data last week showing that more than 9 million Americans are delaying medications, refills, skipping doses, and taking smaller dosages than prescribed due to higher costs. You see, why I say we have to use terms like these companies are extorting Americans. I repeat, they are extorting Americans, and we have to use those words because they are, they are making you believe one thing. Anyhow. That is it for the program today. I want folks to be cognizant of all the battles we must win. Notice I didn't say all the battles we must fight. I said all the battles we must win. I'd like everybody to consider as well supporting our program however you can. And how can you do that? All the methods of supporting this program can be found at politicsdoneright.com slash support. That is politicsdoneright.com slash support. And I just put that link in the in the chat, politicsandright.com slash support is find all the ways to support us. We are heading to Chicago. And for all of you who support our trip to Chicago, you will be, you will be uh, the producers and uh, contributors and supporters of every video that we release, every interview with every politician, activist, etc. Your name will be on that video in the, in, the, uh, in the scroll at the end of the video. So please support it. You can support us at the link that I have in there, MailChimp. That I'm, well, I'm going to get a better link for that. Look in, the, in there and support, the, support our, uh, our, our um, 
what is it? Our PayPal for that, I have it on the screen. Well, I'll put it on the screen right now. And remember, the first 20 people get a book, signed book, along with uh, our labels, you know, what is it called? Bumper stickers, etc. So please, please, please consider supporting us our trip to Chicago. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.